Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick, and apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. Alright, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Hey, wife. Yes, husband. Did you know that we are now on Patreon? Um, yes, because you told me, but also, no, tell me more. <laughs> so we're on Patreon now. Are we? We are. And our supporters can go there and support us. And we have multiple levels all the way up to You Killed God. That sounds really drastic and escalated quickly-ish. Well, no, there's multiple levels before there. So it, es- it es- escalates on a sliding scale of... You know, cheap to, to not cheap. 
But, you know, we can definitely use any amount. So, like, any support is always appreciated. So, what exactly is Patreon? It's a place where you can show your support for our podcast. And Just our podcast? Any podcast or any <laughs> performer. But, you know, we're the ones that, you know, you're listening to right now. So, maybe you should, uh, you know, support us. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. But we love you anyway. So, all you got to do is go to Patreon. Look up Sacrilegious Discourse. It's actually patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse is our actual main page there. So, head on over and send us some love. Yeah. Husband. Wife. Do you remember what happened last week? I remember that David was supposed to be naked, but he wasn't. And he danced with clothes on into town and Michael still hated him, even though he had his clothes on. Yeah. And I think the Chronicler is a fuck fart for changing that. A fuck fart ass butt. Yeah. Yeah. I just had to use that, you know. I know. Because you <laughs> cracked yourself up right before we. Because I didn't know <laughs> I was I was trying to come up with a, a cuss word for something. I can't remember what I was cussing about. But I came up with fuck fart. And I was like, I like that. Fuck fart. But it only you know? sounds good if you add ass butt to what it. What did your I friend think. call somebody that they didn't like? A pine cone. A pine cone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just in the intonation, right? It's yeah. It's how you use it. You fucking pine cone. Or no, you, you can even leave that out. Damn pine cone. She called him a fucking pine cone. A fucking pine cone. Because okay. they're prickly and thick. That's true. That's true. The person they it's, were It's a matter of just how you use the word, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, pine cone can be just as damaging as fuck fart. But yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. All right. So anyway, that was First Chronicles chapter fifteen. Sure as fuck was. And now we're gonna get into <laughs> First Chronicles chapter sixteen. All right, let's do this. Let's. Okay, First Chronicles chapter sixteen. Okay. They. They, them guys, those guys, they brought the Ark of God and placed it inside the special tent. So special. That David had prepared for it. Is your tent special, baby? (laughs) Nice tent. (laughs) And they presented burnt offerings and peace offerings to God. Yeah. When he had finished his sacrifices, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord. Then he gave to every man and woman in all Israel... A loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins. I don't believe that. I don't believe that either. I think that, that is uh, exaggeration. That is exaggeration. Every person. How the fuck did he cook that much? Right? And did he? Because no, he didn't. Yeah, no, that's 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 ridiculous. No. I don't believe no. it. He gave, he had a lot of loaves that, of bread. That some women and made. That some women made, yeah. Not and, him. 
and they gave them to as many people as they could. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And, and then they ran Maybe. out. Maybe. And yeah. then they ran, yeah. Yeah. David appointed the following Levites to lead the people in worship before the Ark of the Lord, to invoke his blessings, to give thanks, and to praise the Lord, the God of Israel. Oh, praise the Lord, the God of that small circle. Alleluia, <laughs> alleluia. That one? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Asaph, the leader of this group, sounded the cymbals. Mm. Ping. Yeah. Second to him was Zechariah, followed by Jael, followed by Shemermamoth, Jehiel, Medahiah, Eliab, Beniah, Obed-Edom, and Jael. Another one what, of those same, guys. There's two guys with the same name and the same band? They played the harps and the lyres. Maybe he was double tasking, you know? He was. Harps and, well, I guess he was playing the harp. He, he was used, playing he used, like one with one hand and the other with the he other hand, He was playing right? a harp and a lyre. Yeah. That sounds like a really cool name for a band, though. The Harps and the Liars. Yeah. I like that. Right? I like that. Yeah. The priests, Beniah and Jeazael, Zeal, Zeal, sorry, played the trumpets regularly before the Ark of God's Covenant. Okay. Can you imagine being neighbors to that? No. I hate it when the neighbors but play music too loud. It was right near the temp- or the, the castle. So I bet that there wasn't a lot of neighbors. They were probably a good distance away from the like the king you're, needs the king needs a space, right? You're killing me because oh. I was just being silly. I'm sorry. I and was just trying to like, imagine what it was like. You're being well, actually, guy. I, I'm sorry. I was just trying to imagine what it would actually what it would actually be like. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. On that day. Yeah. That that, that one. day. Yeah. Mm-hmm, David gave to Asaph and his fellow Levites this. Song of Thanksgiving to the Lord. Okay. Is it a fucking song? It's a song. God damn it. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Sing to him, yes, sing his praises. Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. What about his shitty deeds? Like the ones, you know, where he killed fuck tons of people. Just saying. Exult in his holy name. Rejoice. You who worship the Lord, search for the Lord and for his strength, continually seek him. <laughs> Remember the wonders he has performed, his miracles and the rulings he has given. They're really dumb rulings. You children of his servant Israel, you descendants of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. You know, you remember he chose them reluctantly. He doesn't mm-hmm. even really like them. No, he really doesn't. Saying. But he is the Lord our God. Not, His justice mm. is seen throughout the land. Mm. The land, that one little place, but nowhere else on the planet. <laughs> right. Remember his covenant forever. Oh, oh forever. Unless, forever, he, unless forever. you're one of those people that he killed everybody else except for mm, the covenant mm, people. Mm, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The commitment he made to a thousand generations. Hmm. Commitment, huh? Commitment. He did. I, I noticed he's doing a lot of work for those. Mm-hmm. That commitment. Yeah. You know. Yeah. With caveats. Right. This is the covenant he made with Abraham and the oath he swore to Isaac. Uh-huh. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree and to the people of Israel as a never-ending covenant. Okay. I will give you the land of Canaan as your special possession. But not really, and not all of it. (laughs) 
He said this when you were few in number, a tiny group of strangers in Canaan. And then he made you few in numbers again. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then your asses got fucking exiled. Right. They wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another, killing everyone they wanted to steal the land from. When it was only a five-day walk. Yet he did not let anyone oppress them until he did. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you count him, too. Yeah. He warned kings on their behalf. Do not touch my chosen people. Unless they felt like it. And do not hurt my prophets. Sometimes they died, though. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Each day proclaim the good news that he saves. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing thing he does. Oh, they sure the fuck do that. I'm sick of hearing about it. (laughs) (laughs) Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is to be feared among all gods. Above all gods, not among. Those other gods. Yeah. The the ones that are there, but not him. Right, because the gods of other nations are mere idols. But the Lord made the heavens... The heavens that we've not seen ever. Ever. So. <laughs> <laughs> Honor and majesty surround him. Strength and joy fill his dwelling. What is his, um, his tent? His, ten- his fucking <laughs> tent. Oh, nations of the world, recognize the Lord in his tent. How how much strength do you think he was showing when when the, um, who was it that they, they came, the during the exile, who took them? That was the, the, whatever, those guys. The ones that they conquered them or whatever. The Babylonians? Yeah, the Babylonians. Thank you. When they came, they, Was he showing his strength when they melted down the ark? That's ugly. I'm just saying. Recognize that the Lord is glorious and strong. Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Mm, he's got the glory he deserves right here. I'll give right you here. what you deserve. Mm-hmm. Bring your offering and come into his presence. Worship the Lord in all his holy splendor. <laughs> Let all the earth tremble before him. The world stands firm and cannot be shaken. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Tell all the nations the Lord reigns. No thanks. Ding dong, ding dong. (laughs) I thought I'd add some bells. Yeah, sure, why not? Let the seas and everything in it shout his praise. Let the fields and their crops burst out with joy. Jazz hands. (laughs) Let the trees of the forest sing for joy. Before the Lord, or he is coming to judge the earth. This has got to be a good sight. I've never seen the, sing, the trees sing or the, the sea sing. The, I like it when the trees it. sing. The trees, yeah. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I think you go out of your way to just lose... Listeners oh, yeah. sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, let's just test their uh, their grit here. See if they can make it through this if, with us. If you know, you know. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh, sad. I lost my place. Oh, shit. Cry out, save us, oh God, for our salvation. Gather and rescue us from among the nations. Except for he never fucking does. So we can thank your holy name and rejoice and praise you. And they never do. They always praise all the other gods. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who lives from everlasting to everlasting. What does that even mean? From everlasting, everlasting to everlasting? Infinity plus. That's that's like a 
a kindergarten concept. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's a ridiculous concept. I love you infinity times infinity. <laughs> and all the people shouted, Amen! And praised mm, the they Lord. They shouted, huh? And then they praised the Lord. Okay. okay? Well, speaking of praising the Lord, mm-hmm. we have a new church going in across the street from us. Oh, and I'm not looking forward to see if there's going to be shouting there on Sundays. We just keep keeping our fingers crossed. Please don't let it be Baptist. Please don't <laughs> let it be Baptist. Please don't let it be Baptist. Right, right. It's probably going to be probably, Baptist. We've, we've said it enough times. Yeah, that's probably just for you know Murphy's Law's sake. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Baptist. Yeah. All right. We're done singing now. Oh, okay. okay. David arranged da- for Asaph and his fellow Levites to serve regularly before the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, doing whatever... Needed to be done each day. What needs to be done? Isn't it just sitting there? And playing your music. Like, you gotta dust it? Well, the people need to be fed in between songs. Ah. And the instruments need to be... um, But is it a requirement that they sing and dance and stuff? Or is it like, you know, just a thing that that King David does? You're being shitty. I'm sorry. Honestly. I'm just just asking questions. (laughs) Isn't that what um, Tucker Carlson says? I'm just asking questions. Well, yeah, but I'm not asking his kind of questions. Aren't you, though? I don't think so. I mean, from the opposite perspective. Mm, Okay. But aren't you, though? Maybe, maybe. This group of people that, you know, came in and did the things that needed that you question what needed to be done. Yeah. Included Obed-Edom, son of Jeduthun, Hosea, and 68 other Levites as gatekeepers. Hmm. That can't be bothered. Right. I wonder what's uh, special about those two that they mentioned. Right. That's... But I tell you what, I'm sure as fuck glad they ain't mentioning the 68 people. Right. You've got to take your wins where you can get them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Celebrate the small victories, y'all. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. <laughs> just kidding. Meanwhile, David stationed Zadok the priest and his fellow priests at the tabernacle of the Lord at the place of worship in Gibeon, where they continued to minister before the Lord. They sacrificed the regular burnt offerings to the Lord each morning and evening on the altar set aside for that purpose, obeying everything written in the law of the Lord, as he had commanded Israel. So they still have the written rules at this point Mm -hmm. with David? Yeah. So they lost it sometime between David and uh, Mm -hmm. whatever whatever one recovered it. Yeah, they still have the ark and the words and stuff. They have everything. Right. Yeah, this is before all of the moving back and forth. Got it, got it, yeah. And the... Um, north and the south right, got at it. war with each other. Okay. David also appointed He-Man, Jeduthun, and the others chosen by name to give thanks to the Lord for, quote, his faithful love endures forever. You gotta appoint someone to give thanks, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. They use their trumpets, but not saxophones. <laughs> cymbals, but not drums. And other instruments to accompany their praises, it their songs of praise to God. It did say other instruments. Yeah, the harps specify. and the lyres. <laughs> That's what they meant. All right, all right. And the sons of Jeduthun were appointed as gatekeepers. Okay. This is like the fifth time they've told us right, this. Right, yeah. Then all the people returned to their homes, and David turned and went home to bless his own family. The end. Mm. Except his wife hated him. Right, so. yeah. You think he blessed Michael? I doubt it. He probably tried and she was like, don't touch me! Right. <laughs> I saw you dancing with your ding-dong out! <laughs> you foolish, foolish man! Right. You look yeah. like a dumbo! Well, and he took on so many other fucking... Well, like, he... At first, he wanted her so... Like, he pursued her to, for a while, right? In the beginning or something like mm-hmm. that, right? Yeah. But then he took on a bunch of fucking wives. And yeah. it's like, dude, that's shitty. I think 
he only married her because he um, loved his best friend, Jonathan. Remember? Yeah, Jonathan I remember. was Michael's. Um, they were siblings. Right. And he couldn't be with Jonathan. And so he married Michael. Got it. To take care of her. I see. Be- for his best friend. But I don't think he actually loved her. Okay. She loved him. Okay. And I think you're right. She got pissed when um, he wouldn't love her back and not only wouldn't love her, but also then took a billion wives. Right, right. Which, I mean, honestly. But all was, those fucking kings did it back then. I just I yeah, think it's like a it shitty. It was a political thing. It, it was also a status symbol. Right. But like, there's literally, I, I'm still waiting to hear where this one man, one woman thing comes from. Right. I'm like, where does that start? When, yeah. when did that start? When did Because it's start? not decreed by God at any point thus far. Right. And we're pretty well into this at this point. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just curious where these people get that from because they are so adamant about it. Right. And I'm like, I don't, I don't see that anywhere yet. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm sure it's there somewhere, maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I mean, it, by as much as, as much as we have to hear about it from them, it better be in here somewhere. Well, I'm just saying. If it's not, you can go tell them. I will go tell them. <laughs> I might even tell them on a podcast. You might. Like this one. Do you think you'll run across the street and knock on the door and tell them? Probably not. But I might leave a flyer if they leave us flyers. Oh, my God. They better not leave us flyers. Because they are going to get a fuck ton of flyers if they do. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm telling you what. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll let you know where this church is and we'll um, encourage letters to be written if we get oh, flyers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There How's that? Go. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I like that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, just letters. Mm-hmm. Let, let them know what you think of things, you know? Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. Although then, well, yeah, we'll think about that. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we want to do that. But anyway, that was First Chronicles chapter 16. Sure as fuck was. And tomorrow we'll be back with... First Chronicles chapter 17. We'll see you then. Bye. Husband. Wife. Do you remember what happened yesterday? You sang. I did. <laughs> it wasn't good. And then uh, they brought the ark and stuff. Is that right? They did. Was that the last time? That, yeah. Okay. All yeah, right. They, so they brought the ark. They brought the ark and they sang a lot. and They appointed people to sing at the ark. And, and they had trumpets, but not saxophones. Right. But harps and... and uh, liars. Liars. Yeah. And gatekeepers, but not key masters. Correct. Yes. Yes, all those things. And then um, David went home and blessed his family. Except maybe Michael. Right. Right. We don't know for sure. But it seems likely that it wasn't including Michael. Not Michael, because she was not impressed. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that was First Chronicles chapter 16. It sure as fuck was. And today we're going to be getting into... First Chronicles chapter 17. Okay. Okay, First Chronicles chapter 17. Okay. Ready? I'm ready, but I do want to say, mm-hmm. the reason we were laughing right at the end of the intro <laughs> is because our cat decided to just like start jumping on the table right as we're getting into the goddamn podcast. And it's noisy. Right. And we're like, goddamn, seriously? And so it was like, squeak, squeak, squeak. <laughs> <laughs> like, thanks, cat. Oh, so, yeah. And once again, the cat has to join the, the show. Well, yeah. 
Yeah. All eyes on me. I just want to let everybody in on the little laugh at the end. That's all. Right. Yeah. Okay. So when David was settled in his palace, you know, after he did all his dancing and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He summoned Nathan the prophet. Look, David said, I am living in a fucking beautiful cedar palace. Yeah. But the Ark of the Lord's Covenant is out there in a fucking tent. Yeah, man. Nathan replied to David, do whatever you have in mind for, you know, God is with you, I guess. God is with you. But he's not the one that built the temple, right? But that same night, God said to Nathan, excuse you, go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord has fucking declared. I was going to say it was Solomon, right? Yeah. Yeah. You are not the one to build a house for me to live in. I have never lived in a house, asshole, from the day I brought the Israelites out of Egypt until this very day. Hello, David. But he's still going to have somebody at some point mm-hmm. build him a fucking temple. But he's like, but it's not you. Right. My home has Wouldn't always... Wouldn't you be slighted a little bit if you were David? Like, mm-hmm. dude, what do you mean somebody's going to build it but not me? He's like, I don't... I What if I want to build you the fucking temple, asshole? Well, I'm God and I'm saying no. My home has always been a tent moving from one place to another in a tabernacle. Yet, no matter where I've gone with the Israelites, I have never once... Complain to Israel's leaders, the shepherds of my people. I mean, hello, right? I have never asked them, why hasn't you built me a beautiful cedar hills? Now, go and say to servant David, this is what the Lord of Heaven's armies has declared. I took you from tending sheep in the pasture and selected you to be the leader of my fucking people, Israel. I have been with you. Wherever you have gone, and I have destroyed all your enemies before your eyes. I mean, I mean, not all of them, but and before your eyes, uh, I mean, uh, David kind of did most of it, really. uh, But there's still some enemies out there, and there's yeah, there's definitely enemies left out there. Yeah, yeah. Now, continued God to Nathan, I will make. Sorry, I lost my place there for a second. (laughs) I will make your name as famous as anyone who has ever lived on the fucking earth he's pretty big on hyperbole isn't he mm-hmm. like, he's just that's like... why i add f-bombs because <laughs> that's the way he talks you know right yeah and i will provide a homeland for my people israel planting them in a secure place well they where they will never be disturbed you, you mean except for that exile that happens yeah. to the babylonians so when you say never you mean sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Evil nations won't oppress them as they've done in the past. Except for the Babylonian. Except for when they do. Yeah. 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 Starting from the time I appointed judges to rule my people Israel. And I will defeat all your fucking enemies. How about that? Mm. Hmm? Except except I don't. Except he doesn't. Right. Right. Furthermore, I declare that the Lord will build a house for you. A dynasty of kings. Mm. Okay. For when you die and join your ancestors, I will raise up one of your descendants, one of your sons, and I will make his kingdom strong. Okay? I guess. But, you know, that's kind of when all the shit starts going haywire. And he is the one who will build a house, a temple for me, stupid face. Yeah. And I will secure his throne forever. <laughs> Not you. Okay? Mm. This other guy. But forever, though? I know. Forever? Where the, where's the ark? Mm-hmm. I don't know where the ark is. is it Do in you know Vatican? where the ark is? Have you seen it? It's either in the Vatican or it got melted in, during the Babylonian exile. Is it in our extra got- room? that's where it is (laughs) it's in our extra room i continue god will be his father and he will be my son Mm. Mm. 
I got I got to interject here real quick though. Uh huh. Uh huh. I wonder how, does everybody have an ex like quote unquote extra room? No. No, you don't think so? No. Like just a room that you just you know toss all your unwanteds into. No. Like hey, just I don't know what the fuck to do with this. So there it goes. It's in the quote unquote extra room. No, they have an extra closet if they don't have an oh, extra room. Okay. Everybody's got an extra drawer. An extra space. We just needed a bigger space, so we had an extra room. Well, we need to pare down is what. (laughs) Okay, so God is talking about he's going to be the guy's father and the guy's going to be his son. Yeah. I, continued God again, will never take my favor from him as I took it from the one who ruled before you. Wait, if I recall correctly, we're talking about Solomon here, right? Mm Because he's the one that's going to build the ark or the the throne room, whatever the fuck it is. Well, Christians would say, no, he's talking about Jesus someday. (sighs) Okay, but he's not. But right, right. He's talking about Solomon. Because they didn't know yet. Yeah, Yeah. right. right. So do you recall what happened at the end of the book where Solomon was like, like, and then... God hated them right at the end mm-hmm. and like and listed off a whole litany of things that yeah, he didn't just like. All of a sudden, like and yeah. this, 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 and this was bad. Not least of which he had a thousand wives. Right, a th- I mean a thousand fucking wives. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that's like that's over three years of fucking without having the same person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, how do you even keep track of that? And many that's people? assuming that you do it every day. Right. Yeah. No yeah. rest for the wicked. Right. I hope right. you like to fuck every day. That, I mean, that's just insane. That is a lot of fucking. That is a lot of fucking. I mean, I guess guys maybe like it more often than women usually, but... I, I don't know. I mean, that is a lot of sex. I feel like it was just like... You know how people buy Corvette in their mid midlife crisis? Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. feel like a thousand wives is just like a midlife crisis. Well... Like, you're just overcompensating for something. Yeah. You know? It's the truck nuts. Right, yeah. Yeah. So, God continues... I will confirm him as king over my house and my kingdom for all time. And his throne will be secure forever. So Nathan went back to David and told him everything the Lord had said in this vision. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and prayed, Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? And now, O God, in addition to everything else, you speak of giving your servant a lasting dynasty. You speak as though I were someone very great, O oh Lord God. What more can I say to you about the way you have honored me? Like, you think I'm cool? You really? I'm cute. He thinks I'm cute. You know, the only thing I really knew about David before reading the Bible was that he you know, killed, killed Goliath. Goliath. That was literally the only thing I knew. You really rolled right over my fucking I did, Rudolph. You, you did. I was good. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was, it was awesome. No, you're right. Well placed, you're right. Rudolph. I, you were exactly. That is correct. That why, is correct. Why you do that to me? I don't know. Okay, continue. I just, I'm letting the, the humor stand on its own, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm, like just, I'm just letting it hang mm-hmm. out there for someone else to be like, man, husband was an asshole. He didn't even laugh at that joke, and that was hilarious. You do that to me often. Right. No, I know. I'm I'm... I'm waiting for them to start, you know, you know, yelling at me about it. I'm like, hey. You guys heard you him here. You didn't laugh at wife's joke. Why didn't you laugh at wife's joke? Jesus, what's wrong with and you? And I tell great jokes, you guys. Do you? Yes. <laughs> yes. I make great references. Mm, okay. Yeah. Fuck off. You do. You do. Okay, as, so as anyways, long as it's Ghostbusters. That was from Rudolph, not Ghostbusters. I know. I'm just saying in general. Fuck know. off. I can't help it. It's such a good quotable <laughs> movie. Okay. So anyways, what were you saying? 
What was I saying? Yeah, you only knew about David from he killed a giant. Oh, yeah, but he's like this, you know, big dude in the Bible. He's got a whole chapter. Yeah, and yeah. like when well, he's referenced, you know, like for like, I mean, it's like the whole legacy to Jesus type yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, I well, according to Christians. Yeah, I didn't know any of that either. Right, I didn't know any of that. Yeah. How does that not, how does that big story not get like out in the public? Right. You know, like we're, we're just reading this like. Oh, la, 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 you know, what's in the Bible, and then... We're like, oh, I know the Noah and the Ark story. Right. I know we, the David and we, Goliath we, story. We know, like, next to nothing. Mm-hmm. I've I found out since we're reading this, as far yeah. as, like, what I knew going into this. Yeah, same. So, it's good to, it's good to know. Like, I, we have actually been... We watched some shows and movies where we're like, oh, I'm, I get that. <laughs> like, Captain America, I got that reference. <laughs> That's how I feel now. Every time I see something make a bible reference i right. that i understand yeah, yeah yeah it's like a whole new world right okay so anyway david is continuing to be like you like me you right. really like me yes yes you know what your servant is really like for the sake of your servant O lord and according to your will you have done all these great things and have made them known O lord there's no one like you we have never even heard of another god like you what other nation on earth is like your people, Israel? What other nation, O oh God, have you redeemed from slavery to be your own people? Well, if you traveled more than like a 25-mile radius, you might find <laughs> out. <laughs> right? You made a great name for yourself when you redeemed your people from Egypt. You performed awesome miracles and drove out the nations that stood in their way. You chose Israel to be your very own people forever, and you, O oh Lord, became their God. He's like... About to cry. He's, he's like, <laughs> I mean, according you're so to the, awesome. Yeah, yeah. But according to the Bible, he's been their God since the beginning. Yeah. So, like, what's up with all this new, like, you're our God thing? It's like, the Chronicle trying to paint him as so perfect and mm, wonderful. Okay. And now, O oh Lord, I am your servant. Do as you have promised concerning me and my family. May it be a promise that will last forever. Spoiler alert, it doesn't. <laughs> right. And may your name be established and honored forever so that everyone will say, oh, that part came true. He is still honored today. Not in this fucking house. Not in this fucking house. <laughs> the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel is Israel's God. And may the house of your servant David continue before you forever. Oh my God, I have been bold enough to pray to you because you have revealed to your servant that you will build a house for him. A dynasty of kings. Mm. For you are God, O Lord. I think he's just happy about getting a a nice house. I know. That's what I think. Thank you so much. I'm going to say all the words. Right. I'm still going to marry a lot of people. but Thanks for the mansion, man. I know, right? And the legacy. It's great. That's great great stuff, man. You're awesome. And you have promised these good things to your servant. And now it has pleased you to bless the house of your servant so that it will continue forever before you. For when you grant a blessing, O Lord, it is an eternal blessing. The no. end. <laughs> Incorrect. Right? That is not correct. <laughs> David's saying all these things. I, I just love how God and David keep being like forever, eternally, right? always, it's like a fucking never love ending. Letter. I know. But oh it's God, like guys. all of these like. Get a room. Well, <laughs> yes, but I'm, the words that I was saying specifically yeah. were all very, it does come to an end. It's not forever. Right. It's not eternal. Yeah. No, definitely. Like, I'm, 
yeah, it's all caveated with like with what like when something goes wrong, they're like, well, he didn't really mean that that way. He meant that mm. they had to love him the most to mm. keep it up. We've but he's still going to honor it later on because we're going to keep one person alive mm-hmm. to make mm-hmm. sure that that lineage still goes on and that the Bible is correct, sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, did you expect him to live up to it every century? Jesus, what's wrong with you? It's kind of like when me and you first got together and um, I, you would like I would make you make me a promise and then <laughs> you would make a promise not knowing that I, like, actually meant for you to, like, fulfill that promise. Right. And you would get so mad because I was mad. I didn't even understand the concept. Yeah, well... Like, what do you mean? Like, actually have to follow through this all the time? Like, what do you... Yeah. I, so what if I left the toilet seat up one one time? Like, I do like, I try my best. Jeez. I know, but I was like, but you promise. And, um... I hated that so much. I stopped making promises. Well, it because it... Okay, the, you're talking about trying to remember something. That's not the promises I'm talking about. Mm. Like, my my promises were, like, when um, you were going to quit smoking, and then you didn't. Oh, okay. And then um, you didn't tell me. Got and it. then, oh, I was so pissed. And so then I would be <laughs> like, you know, not that you were smoking. That's not what I was mad about. I was mad that you didn't tell me. Right. And then I would be like, you have to promise to tell me from now on. And then you didn't. And then, so I was like, but you promised. And then you were like, but I didn't, I don't, what do you mean? I have to tell you every time. I'm like, that's exactly what the word fucking promise means. And you're like, that's impossible. I've never even heard somebody live to those rules like that. And I'm like, it's the literal definition of promise. (sighs) And so, yeah. But It's just that you made me promise a lot of things. No. I made you promise to be honest with me and to always tell me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's the biggest one. Right. And now you do. We tell each other everything. Yeah. No, you trained me well. I did. I trained you well. <laughs> it's true. And you made me stop being so needy. And between the well, two yeah. of us, we trained each other well. That's right. Go yeah. us. Yay! Yay! And we only hate each other a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to make you laugh. <laughs> I don't hate you, babe. I don't hate you either. <laughs> All right. On that note, that was First Chronicles chapter 17. It sure as fuck was. And we will be back tomorrow with... First Chronicles chapter 18. We'll see you guys then. Yep. Bye. Husband. Wife. Do you remember what happened yesterday? Um, David, uh-huh. and I'm drawing a bit of a blank, actually. Okay, so here's what happened. Okay. God was like, bitch, did I tell you to build me a fucking house? And David oh, was like, yeah. I love you, that's I right. love you, I love you, I love you. <laughs> and that's what happened. I knew there was a love song, but I couldn't remember, like, what it, like, I knew they were, like, you know, in love with each other over something. Marry you know, me, God. And, crap and whatever You're so fucking awesome i love you but i didn't remember the context so i didn't want to like say what i knew because it didn't fit in my head what it was i love you yeah forever and ever yeah yeah <laughs> that's what it was right
All right, so that was First Chronicles chapter 17. It was. And today we're going to be reading... First Chronicles chapter 18. All right, ready to get into this? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Okay, First Chronicles chapter 18. Okay. After this... After this. This. Yeah. After the love letter... Right, right. David defeated and subdued the Philistines by conquering Gath and its surrounding towns. Mm. Oh, he after his love letter, he had went home and was like, okay, blessing his family and shit. Right, and then he went right back out to kill people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, conquering. It's enough blessing on to mm-hmm. death. Yes. Okay. Love me it. some good death and murder. Right. Mayhem. Yeah. David also conquered the land of Moab. He conquered it. And the Moabites who were spared became David's subjects and paid him tribute money. I thought yes. Moab was supposed to have a pat. Like, I don't remember if we covered this or not, but we it seems like we did at some level. Like, I thought Moab was supposed to have a pass. Because, like, remember, they, they were right next to Moab when um, Balaam went over there to, like, supposedly was going to try to curse them for that king person. Mm, yeah. And then they were like, nah, they're going to bless them anyway. But then they didn't fight. So I thought that they were, like, spared for some reason, but I can't remember exactly what that was about. I don't know exactly. Okay. But I do know that at some point they were all supposed to be wiped out. Right, right. He is not supposed to be taking them as slaves and taking their money. Right, He's supposed to kill them all. You know, anytime that they say they wiped them out, you should just say that, you know, they didn't wipe them out because they didn't fucking wipe them out. They, They conquered them and absorbed them. Yes. They did not wipe them out. No. They okay. probably took some as wives, some as slaves, mm-hmm. some as, I don't know, fucking farmhands, whatever. Right. David also destroyed the forces of Hadadezer, king of Zobah, as far as Hamath, when Hadadezer marched out to strengthen his control along the Euphrates River. Damn. David was like, nah. Right? Get lost. He was like, no, I got this. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. David captured 1,000 chariots, 7,000 charioteers, and 20,000 foot soldiers. I vaguely remember this, but why would you want to capture the foot soldiers? 20,000 at that. You gotta feed those fuckers. Feed them and worry about them, like, resurrecting. Not resurrecting. (laughs) Um, What what is it? Revolting. Whatever, yeah, that. That must mean they're revolting. Resurrecting. What am I trying to think of? Whatever, anyway. He crippled all the chariot horses. Oh, I remember that. Remember how upset I was? Yes, I do. But it turned out that there was a halfway decent reason for it. He couldn't afford to feed them all, and rather than let them starve to death. You could just let them loose. He could just let them loose. You know? Yeah. I'm just saying, they could probably munch on stuff on the ground and figure out something. Yeah. Well, he crippled all the chariot horses except enough for 100 chariots. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When Arameans from Damascus arrived to help King Hadadezer, David killed 22,000 of them. Damn. That is like a a lot. lot of people. Yeah. Then he placed several army garrisons in Damascus, the Aramean capital, and the Arameans became David's subjects and paid him tribute money. I'm sure they were real pleased with that. Very happy. Yeah, they were so so excited about this. We, they couldn't hardly contain themselves, I'm sure. Kind of like how um, Puerto Rico is. 
how we're like, we own you, you belong to us, you will pay us tribute money. I mean, yes. yeah. In a, in a quote-unquote more civilized way, but still. Right, right, true. We're taking we're, tribute money from them. Yeah, okay. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, we're doing the same, I mean, technically they're For a lot of U.S. citizens. And but are they, though? Yeah, they are. Uh, they are, but they aren't. U.S. citizens get to vote. Well, they could move to another another place in the U.S. and they could vote. They're U.S. citizens, but they're just not allowed to vote in their place except for for local elections. I think. Yeah, so, I'm just saying. Yeah, are they? Really... I don't know. You know, honestly, I don't know enough about Puerto Rico to speak intelligently about it, and that's sad. I mean, although I I don't know much about fucking you know Idaho either, really. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's where the potatoes come from, right? Yeah, that's right? about all I know, yeah. And Wisconsin is the cheese. Right, right. That's all I know about that Puerto one, Puerto Rico's too. where, uh, you know, Trump threw the toilet paper. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's all I got. And also, they got decimated by the um, hurricanes. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that goes hand in hand with the toilet with paper. With the toilet paper. Yeah. The paper towels. Yeah, paper, whatever. Yeah. He tossed something, yeah. you know. I'm just saying, like, it's bullshit that we're taking all their tax money and then we're just like, but work that shit out for yourself. Honestly, I think it's bullshit they're taking my tax money as it is here and doing what they do with it, which is not much of anything. Uh, I have mixed feelings about taxes. I agree. I agree. I have such mixed feelings about taxes and levies. Like, I always vote to pass levies. All of them. Like, yeah. all of them across the board. But, like, then I'm like, but do the police need more money? That's what we should do our um, Patreon on. Oh, yeah, yeah. On, ta- on taxes and voting and things yeah, like that. Yeah. Since we're coming up on, you know, voting here in Ohio. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay. Don't you think? Yeah, we should. Yeah. Let's do that. I'm glad we sorted that out on the, on the podcast here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the Lord made David victorious wherever he went. That's what the Lord did. Yeah. That's what he did. I right. wondered. Yeah. It wasn't the massive army that he mm. had and the Mm-mm. skilled leadership of, you know, defeating armies. Right. It was God. It was God. It was all God. God did David, it. you know what? You might as well just forget about David completely. It could have been anybody. It could have, yeah, it could have been fucking, you know. You. Yeah. It could have been you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it was God. It could have been our cat. Yeah. It doesn't even fucking matter who it was. Fido the dog. Fill in the blank. Whatever. Goddamn pumpkin. David brought the gold shields of Hadadezer's officers to Jerusalem, along with the large amount of bronze from Hadadezer's towns of Tabah and Kun. Mm-hmm. Later, Solomon melted the bronze and molded it into the great bronze basin called the sea. That he did. The and pillars did. and the various bronze articles used at the temple. And it's later, hot the, uh, the, Babylonians the Babylonians took melted all that, that shit, shit down. down. Yep, yep. <laughs> Along with the ark. And if it wasn't already. Wrong. I mean, where else would it have gone? Yeah. It's not here. No. No one knows where it's at. And that dude conquered all of Israel. He conquered the fuck out of it. And he melted right. everything. Yeah, he was melting shit left and right. Why wouldn't yeah. he melt the fucking ark? Right. He that would have been a prize. Right that would have been a big prize for him. Yeah. When King Toy or Toei, T-O-I. Okay. Toy of Hamath heard that David had destroyed the entire army of King Hadadezer of Zobah. Mm-hmm. He sent his son Joram. To congratulate King David for a successful campaign. Oh, I remember smart, this. Smart. Oh, I remember this because then he like oh, brings prizes yeah. and then they're like, um, 
you are probably here to spy and insult us, so we're going to kill you. Right, right. I, I bet that's what happened. I think that's what happened. Okay, all right. Hadadezer and Toy had been enemies and were often at war. Joram presented David with many gifts of gold, silver, and bronze. Later, or I'm sorry, I don't know where I got the word later. It doesn't say later. Not all. later. Nope. Just right just now. Right now. Right now. Right then. Right then. King David dedicated all these gifts to the Lord, along with the silver and gold he had taken from the other nations. What does it mean to dedicate it to the Lord? Do you still get to keep it? Do you still get to spend it? Probably. Is it something that you still acquire for yourself, but also for the Lord? Or is it just specifically like in a drawer that you said that you mark Lord? Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it probably goes like to the temple. So like more okay. decorations Got and it. shit like that. Got it. Okay. So that the Babylonians can melt it down later. And... Yeah. <laughs> so um, he dedicated all these gifts to the Lord, along with the silver and gold he had taken from the other nations, from Edom, Moab, Ammon, Philistia, and Amalek. Okay. Abishai, son of Zariah, destroyed 18,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. Mm. He mm. placed army garrisons in Edom and all the Edomites became David's subjects. In fact, the Lord made Davis victorious wherever he went. Mm, yeah. um, 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 um. Great. Well, they didn't mention that. They didn't. They, yeah, they didn't. They, I, but remember who's writing this. Yeah, the chronicler. Like, we don't like. I don't know for sure that that's what happened with that story. But like, I, I vaguely remember the same story you do with the yeah. guy. Somebody you know, brought some king. I thought it was David, but right. it could have been somebody else. And then there was, you know. And they were like. Wasn't it Joab that was like. I think he's here to spy trick or us. something, trick us, yeah. or whatever. Insult. Then... This is insulting. He's insulting right. us, and I was. We were like very confused. Like the fuck. Yeah, but they. But they're also trying. The chronicler yeah. is trying to make David. David beautiful. seem like he just shits gold. Yeah. So he does shit gold, and his um farts smell like roses. And oh, speaking of which, I did. Okay, so this is completely off subject. Okay. But I did this job for a while when I was younger. Okay, I thought you were going to talk about shit. I mean, I am kind of going to oh, talk. Oh, are you not serious? Not a little bit, but I mean, not, not really, but kind of. Okay. So, okay. We used to clean out HUD homes for, you know, like we would clean up and stuff, and then we would take put it all in this, like, dump truck that we had, and we would take it to the dump. Well, the dump is just this big mound of fucking crap. I mean, just like... Garbage. Shit. Whatever. It's... It's awful. Okay, are you saying like literal shit or I mean, like it garbage? It smelled like literal shit. Oh, so okay. I don't know that there was literal shit, but it smelled like literal like shit. But the then inside rotting stuff of people's fridges. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, basically. Okay. And uh, and anyway, they had these like big towers throughout the dump mm-hmm. that sprayed like rose smell, smelly good shit. Are you serious? Smelled so fucking horrible. Are you serious? Oh yeah, yeah. Rosy shit. Yeah, oh my to God. keep it from smelling so bad. That's ridiculous. But it smelled like, just imagine like the worst smell you've ever smelled. Like the worst fart you've ever smelled. <laughs> right? And then imagine like you're trying to cover it up with like a, I mean, a, just like the smallest spritz of like rose like, colored, or rose smelly good stuff. It's like when you poop and you only have like dollar store bathroom spray. Yeah. And then you spray it. And it doesn't smell good, really. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really disguise the poop smell. Right. So now you've got poop and, like, gross, like, not great smell of and then spray. You're, you're, then you're in a conundrum, right? 
Because yeah. then you got to determine whether you just hang out in the bathroom for a while till the, the till smell it dissipates, dissipates, right? Or if you just you know go on out and hope nobody walks in after you, right? Right. And either way, yeah, you're the pooper, right? Yeah. Either way, yeah, they're gonna know. Yeah, it was you. You're the pooper. That was your Boop. shit, and it stank. It did. Yeah. And I now in my forties, I'm like, whatever. We all poop, so <laughs> I just walk out, and I'm like, yep. And I even warn people, like, if I'm walking out when they walk in, I'll just be like, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about you. That's one of our favorite things to say is, like, you know, about people that think they're high and mighty or whatever. Like, your shit stinks, too. Yep. And don't tell me it don't. I'm like, okay, skid marks. Right. I know everybody does it, so I don't (laughs) want to hear it. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, you have a butthole. Mm -hmm. You You can't possibly be better than me because you have a butthole yes so you're not anything yeah and you definitely farted probably even today <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> farts. so i went to my writing thing yeah and <laughs> for nanorimo for nanorimo yeah national novel writing month right and um <laughs> it was at one of our local libraries and um they have such nice bathrooms and um they're like single person bathrooms. No, this is really cool. Actually, no, I know, I know. Yeah. No, so no, you don't know. I haven't told you this one. Okay. All okay. Right. So, um, you walk in and it's like just you know a single room and and they're not labeled male or female. They're for anybody, which Got is it. so awesome. Mm-hmm. And then, um, there's there's a tray that was set up and it was like from antflow.com or something like that okay. and it was filled with um tampons and pads and stuff and then like but they're from an organization like like antflow.com sure. or whatever it's called yeah and um they are um organic and they're free and um then it had the the name of the library um and it said, we support period positivity and, you know, these are for everybody, but please only take what you need. And I was just like so amazed. Yeah. Okay. That's the cool part. But yeah. then the uncool part is that I farted really loud in, yeah. in there and it echoed. You did tell me that, by the I way. I did tell you that, but you not didn't tell the, me that. Yeah. I didn't tell you about the tampons. No, you didn't tell me about the tampons. No. But... Um, yeah, the fart happened mm. and, and it was really loud, like, <laughs> because it was a big empty room and, right. and so I echoed. See, that's when I would just be sitting in that room like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of did, I was like, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, you know, finished my business and washed my hands. Because even when you're by yourself, it's never not funny. It's you know? farts are always funny. Yep. And I just walked out and I don't know if anybody heard it or not, but right. whatever. I didn't act like I gave a shit. Here we are talking about farts on a God podcast. <laughs> well, everybody farts. That's right. That's the thing. Yeah. Okay. Back to the Bible. Back to the Bible now. <laughs> okay. We only have like this little paragraph left. Oh, okay. So David reigned over all Israel and did what was just and right for all his people because he was the most beautiful person ever and he did everything good and right and perfect. Mm. He's awesome. I don't believe that. Just, just saying. I love him so much. Joab, son of Zariah, was commander of the army. Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilud, was the royal historian. Zadok, son of Ahitub, and Ahimelech, son of Abiathar, were the priests. Sariah was the court secretary. 
Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was captain of the king's bodyguard, and David's sons served as the king's chief assistants. Uh, the end. I think they that that part came right out of the the part where they covered this last time. Because mm-hmm. I remember thinking when they read that, like we were like, "What's up with the the like roll call of the minutes here at the end? Right. Like that's really weird." Yeah. But the there it is again. The chronicler just left that bit in. He's he like, was Whatever. like, "This part's good." Yeah, <laughs> this well, he is likes solid. he likes chronicling names, yeah, so he's like, yeah. "All right, there's some names. Yeah, let's, let's use some names. Good stuff, good stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that was First Chronicles chapter eighteen. Sure as fuck was, and, and some fart news, and some yeah, definitely. Yes. Yep. Hopefully, this episode doesn't stink too bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tomorrow we will be back with First Chronicles chapter nineteen. All right. We'll see you guys then. Bye. Wife! Do you remember what happened yesterday? Farts and David? David is awesome, and we talked about farts. David and farts. David and farts. Yeah. That was was basically it, wasn't it? That was basically it. You got anything to add to that? Nope. Okay. Everybody farts except David. (laughs) (laughs) At least according to the chronicler. Yep. So that was uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 18. Sure as fuck was. And today we're going to be getting into... 1 Chronicles chapter 19. All right, let's go do this. Yep. Okay, 1 Chronicles chapter 19. Okay. Okay, here we go. Sometime after this. Sometime after this. This. Yeah. You know, yep. whatever that, that, this, that thing that happened. That, a little bit of this. Yesterday. A little bit of that. After David was awesome. <laughs> king Nahash of the Ammonites died. Oh, And man. his son Hanun became king. David said, I'm going to show some loyalty to Hunan. Hanun. 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 Because his father Nahash was always loyal to me. Oh, maybe this is where they were like, how dare, and they're insulted by his gifts. Okay. You think? Remember, we thought that was yesterday and then maybe. it didn't come to pass. Maybe. But they left out the bit where, okay, all right, I'm... I'm I'm holding judgment here okay. until I hear what's going on. So David sent messengers to express sympathy to Hanun about his father's death. But when David's ambassadors arrived in the land of Ammon, the Ammonite commander said to Hanun, do you really think these men are coming here to honor your father's shit? Oh, hold on, though. They left out the bit where they kind of fucked with the people that came to see them in the first place. I don't remember that. I'm pretty sure they did. I don't remember that. I could that. be wrong. No, Maybe I'm wrong. I don't remember that. Okay, whatever. David has sent them to spy out the land so they can come in and conquer it, you dumbass. Don't believe them. Right. That's what they're saying over there. Yeah. So Hanun seized David's ambassadors. Oh, yeah, yeah. And shaved them, cut off their robes at the buttocks, and sent them back to David in shame. Yeah, that was dumb. That was mean. It was dumb. They showed off their wieners. But also... Remember, it was about showing off their circumcision wieners. Right, right, right. Yeah. But I mean, like... I still don't understand why you would fuck with the guy that can conquer you. Right? Like... Well, apparently they don't believe it. I don't know. Maybe. But he's conquered a lot of people. Right. So... It just seems... it's You're picking a fight, at the very least. Right. And why would you pick a fight with a hornet's nest? Right, right. When David heard what had happened to the men, he sent messengers to tell them, Stay at Jericho until your beards grow out, you poor, ugly fucks, bastards. That's not what it said. And then come back. Not mm. really. He was talking to his messengers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You poor. But he did tell them to stay there till the beers grow out. Yeah. Stay here. Let your let your hair grow. Right. For they. That's very important. 
they felt deep shame because of their appearance. Yeah. Well, they should. No. No. Just kidding. Just shave that shit off. Yeah, just shave it off. Start over. What right? else? It ain't no thing. Everybody got a wiener. I mean, and I mean, not, not everybody has a beard. Right. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess everybody doesn't have a wiener. I don't know. No, not <laughs> When the people of Amman realized how seriously they had angered David, Hanun, and the Ammonites sent 75,000 pounds of silver mm. to hire chariots and charioteers like, oh, fuck. from Aram, but, Naharim, but okay, Aram, Makkah, and Zobah. But you you didn't know you were fucking with him when you did this the first right. time? Like, like, were you just like prepared to send him that much silver? Right. Why did you do this in the first place? Well, they're like, they picked a fight and then they're like, oh shit, we picked a fight. <laughs> and so then they're not sending silver to David to say, sorry, sorry, sorry. They're sending silver to these other guys to get gear up for war. Right. So they weren't prepared to send it to David. Oh, okay. I don't, you weren't listening. I thought they said they sent gifts to David. No, I was literally reading it when you like were talking over oh, me. Oh, I apologize. Yeah. Um, Hanun and the Ammonites sent 75,000 pounds of silver to hire chariots and oh. charioteers from Aram Naharam, oh, Aram oh. Makkah, okay. and Zobah. See, I knew what you were seeing, and I was trying to I finish apologize. it. I, w- I wasn't listening. I'm sorry. I know. I missed that. I, I'm sorry. You I fucked suck. that up. I suck. Okay, so yeah. they were like, oh, shit. Yeah. We, Oh, shit. That time when we picked a fight, we picked a fight. Yeah. And so now they're like, now we got to fight. You got to get an army quick. Yeah. yeah. They also hired 32,000 chariots and secured the support of the king of Makkah and his army. These forces camped at Madiba, where they were joined by the Ammonite troops that Hanun had recruited from his own towns. Okay. He's like, you guys, we got to go fight. <laughs> right. Because, no. because no. I felt like fucking with somebody. <laughs> this is the find out phase of fuck around. <laughs> When David heard about this, he sent Joab and all his warriors to fight him. Get him. Yeah. The Ammonite troops came out and drew up their battle lines at the entrance of the city, while the other kings positioned themselves to fight in the open fields. I think it would be fun to gather all the kings up and just put them all um, like in an empty swimming pool and be like, okay, you guys all fight it out now. Just the kings. Right, right. Just the kings. Well, that was always like, why don't you just let the people that are in charge fight? Yeah. Like, then, and then you don't got to like kill exactly. a bunch of people. Exactly. When Joab saw that he would have to fight on both the front and the rear, he chose some of Israel's elite troops and placed them under his personal command to fight the Arameans in the fields. He left the rest of the army under the command of his brother Abishai, who was to attack the Ammonites. If the Arameans are too strong for me, then come over and help me, Joab told his brother. And if the Ammonites are too strong for you, I will help you. What if that's too strong for both of them? We asked that same question the first time that we oh, read through we? this. Yep, yep. <laughs> Be courageous, continued Joab. Let us fight bravely for our people and the cities of our God. May the Lord's will be done. That's the answer mm. to that question. Okay. It's, it's all about the Lord's will, not mm-hmm. not the size of the army or the... the or how the, well you fight. How, yeah, right. Or how skilled you are. Right. Even if you fight great, but you're not skilled. Oh, yeah. well. Yeah. When Joab and his troops attacked... The Arameans began to run away. Oh. When the Ammonites saw the Arameans running, they also ran from Abishai and retreated into the city. Sounds like an easy battle. Right? Yeah. Then Joab returned to Jerusalem. 
the Arameans now realized that they were no match for Israel. Yeah. So they sent messengers and summoned additional Aramean troops from the other side of the Euphrates River. Wait, were they no match for Israel or no match for God? Because mm. I, I thought God was, good question. you know what I mean? Like, was yeah. it the God or was it Israel? True. I mean, that's a fair question. Right. These troops were under the command of Shobach, the commander of Hadadezer's forces. When David heard what was happening, he mobilized all Israel. He got on his cell phone and he was like, <laughs> everybody come. He crossed the Jordan River and positioned his troops in battle formation. Then David engaged the Arameans in battle and they fought against him. Yeah. That's what happens when they you go it. fight. Right. But again, the Arameans fled from the Israelites. This time, David's forces killed 7,000 charioteers and 40,000 foot soldiers. Damn. Including Shobach, the commander of their army. I think by now, David must be up to the hundreds of thousands. Mm-hmm. You know, not the tens David of thousands. David has right? his hundreds of thousands. Right. When Hadadezer's allies saw that they had been defeated by Israel, they surrendered to David and became his subjects. After that, the Arameans were no longer to, willing to help the Ammonites. The end. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's all. Sometimes David does it. Sometimes the armies do it. Sometimes Israel does it. Sometimes God does it. Sometimes you feel like a nut, and sometimes you don't. That is true. That's true. All right. Well, that was First uh, Chronicles chapter nineteen. Sure as fuck was. And tomorrow we will be back with First Chronicles chapter twenty. All right. We'll see you guys then. Okie dokie. Husband. Wife. Are you okay now? Yes. And do you remember what happened yesterday? David sent two guys to these other guys. I can't remember what their names were. Some kind of Syrians and Arameans. Arameans. And the Arameans decided that they were going to like shave off their beards or half their beards or something. And then also cut off their like clothing up to their penises. (laughs) And then they sent them back somewhere else. You're using so many pronouns, but. I know, I know, I know. I'm, I couldn't remember names. They did this to them. They did. But the Arameans did it to David's guys that he sent out there to yeah. like, you know, they were going to go like be nice to them and stuff. Yeah, because they had just lost their leader. Yeah. And so um, I want to say it was like Huron or something like that. And so David sent his guys to like go pay condolences. And they were like, we don't believe you. You're a fucking spy. So we're going to embarrass you and mm-hmm. stuff. And, you know, piss off David for some stupid reason. And they picked a fight and they lost. They did. They lost. They did. All right. Well, that was First uh, Chronicles chapter 19. It was indeed. And today, mm-hmm. we're going to be getting into... First um, Chronicles chapter 20. Let's go do this. Okie dokie. <laughs> Okay, so we're about to do First Chronicles chapter 20, but I got to say something real quick first. Do you now? Yeah. So if y'all thought that that intro that we just did was bad, <laughs> you should have heard the one that we first recorded, which is why I said, I are you okay now? I couldn't remember anything. I go, I go, do you remember what happened? And you were like, I, they, he, and I go, did you fall out of a wagon and hit your head? What's wrong with you? It was pronoun, pronoun hell. It was worse than the one we just did. Yeah. It was like that you thought the last one was pronoun hell. This one was pronoun hell times a million. If infinity. Eternal. Yeah. Like David's love for God. <laughs> and Jonathan. And Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get into this. Okay. In the spring of the year. Spring. In the spring of the year. Okay. Yeah. 
when kings normally go out to war. That was like the same wording they used before in the back when they were talking about this the first time. Okay, but I don't remember that. But I just re- I I'm confused about how you know that time of year when kings always go to war because they always do. Yeah, this we is normal. commented on that. The did last we really? Time. We did. Yeah. Well, it's still what the fuck. Right. No, it's it's really weird way to word it. You know, word it, kings word go it? to war. Yeah. Every spring, kings go to war. That's right. just what they do. Yeah. They pull out their galoshes and their umbrellas and... It's wartime! Let's go! Let's go war. Joab led the Israel army in successful attacks against the land of the Ammonites. In the process, he laid siege to the city of Rabbah, attacking and destroying it. Wait, I feel like we're coming up on Bathsheba here. And and Bathsheba didn't look real good for David. So I wonder how the chronicler is going to cover this. I don't think that's this chapter. No? But... But it's soon. Yeah, I think it's soon. Okay. And I wonder if he's going to skip it entirely. Right? I'm curious. However, comma, pause for effect, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. Yeah. Then David went to Rabbah and removed the crown from the king's head, and it was placed on his own head. Hmm. I feel like they skipped some shit there. Yeah. Because wasn't it, didn't Joab come back and give him shit for not going in the first place? Yeah, he was like, you cry more for um, your fucking... Um, enemies than you do your own men. Right. And this is why I'm thinking this is around the time of Bathsheba because I thought it was that same time that he was up watching her naked on the top of his rooftop while they were off at war. You could be right. I don't know. I I could be wrong too, but I think that that's correct. Okay. Well, the crown was made of gold and set with gems and he found that it weighed 75 pounds. Yeah, I do remember that part. Yeah. 75 fucking pounds. ridiculous. Put that on my head. Get the fuck out of here. I mean, okay, like I babysit a kid and how much would you say a two-year-old weighs? I mean, probably like 40 or 50 pounds. Maybe. 40 or 50 pounds? Well, when I pick him up now, I'm like, my God, you're fucking heavy. Right, yeah. And that's just a little two-year-old. Right. I can't even imagine yeah. if I had to put that two-year-old on my head as a hat. I'd be like, I'm only wearing this for like a second because that's about all I can stand. So basically, I would be putting the weight of two two-year-olds on my head as a hat. Right. You can. I'll, I'll take a hard pass on that one. Yeah, that's stupid. David took a vast amount of plunder from the city. Of vast course he did. Amount. Vast. He also made slaves of the people of Rabbah because that's what you do every right. spring. Yeah, slaves are good every in spring. God's world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And forced them to labor with saws, iron picks, and iron axes. Kind of like um, what um, Brittany, what's her name, is going to have to do in Russia because she got sentenced to nine years in a hard labor camp. Oh, wow. Yeah. That sucks. Grind, Griner. Grimes. 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 Grimer? Griner. Brittany so, Griner. We're close. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that sucks. And I don't understand why we can't get her out of there. I well, mean, I do if understand, uh, the but... political climate was better, we probably could. But I know. unfortunately. It's just bullshit, though. Oh, I agree. Total bullshit. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, she's going to have to go do hard labor like um, the slaves here. Right. That is how David dealt with the people of all the Ammonite towns. Then David and all the army returned to Jerusalem. Wee! <laughs> la, 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 work for us and we're, we're going to go away now. Yep. Keep happy, working. Happy Easter. Keep working or we'll kill you. <laughs> After this, war broke out with the Philistines at Gezer as mm. they fought. Sibakai from Husha killed Saf, a descendant of the giant. Oh, man. And so the Philistines were subdued. During another battle with the Philistines, 
Elhanan, son of Jair, killed Lami, the brother of Goliath of Gath. Damn. I remember what? that. They did cover that. Yeah. I wonder hey. if he was just as big or like, you know. I don't know. Right. He's Goliath's like, brother. Like, I'd, I'd feel, that would suck to be somebody's brother and he was like, you know, giant. Giant, And you're giant. like, not a giant. Because you know how brothers fight, you know? Yeah. Like, that, would, that wouldn't be cool. Oh, my God. This reminds me of a short story I read. I want to say it was a Stephen King short story. And, um... So this lady, um, she's a writer and she's um, like on the road going to various little bookstore stops and book signings. That's what it is. Book signing tour. Right. Okay. And so she's taking a shortcut to get to the the bookstore Mm -hmm. and um, she uh, gets accosted by this really giant of a guy. Right. And he like stops her and. And it, it's not good. Anyway, she finally escapes and gets away and gets to the book signing. And it's like, Jesus Christ, that was nuts. And um, they were asking her, like, who, you know, what happened? Who was it? And she was telling them, blah, blah, blah. Right. And, um, you know, they were like, oh, well, there's two of them. Was it the big one or the really big one? And she was like, <laughs> it was the really big one. Well, come to find out that um, she went back because she had... Um, I don't know if they, like, followed her or something. Right. Um, But she had killed the one to get away. Oh, damn. Yeah. And so, you know, the other one was like, I'm going to get you, bitch. Right. Or something like that. And um, it turns out he was the really, really big one. Mm, yeah. yeah. She thought she had fucked with the really, really big giant. But he was just the big one. Yeah. But, you Got know, it. when... That the how point, are you supposed to, when you don't have perspective on it, how are you yeah. supposed to know which one's the really, really big one? So when you are talking about giants, it's like, does it even fucking matter? Right, right. Which one is bigger? Yeah. That was the point of that. my... Sure. Yeah, that. Okay, so the handle of Lamy's spear was as thick as a weaver's beam. Oh, man. That weaver's, that weaver's beam. beam again. In another battle with the Philistines at Gath, they encountered a huge man with six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, 24 in all, who were also a descendant of the giants. Mm. Hold on. Did I see that right? Did I read that right? Six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It's just like the guy in um, Princess Bride. Yeah, but he was the six-fingered man. He right. wasn't the six-fingered and six-fingered and six-toed and right. six-toed man. That's true. That's true. That's, wow. And, I mean, this is a whole, like, bunch of them. Right. Okay, but when he defied and taunted Israel, that giant, he was killed by Jonathan, the son of David's brother, Shemaiah. Oh, I didn't know Jonathan killed a giant. Go, Jonathan. Right? thought he was a lover, not a fighter. (laughs) (laughs) These Philistines were descendants of the giants of Gath, but David and his warriors killed them. The end. Yay, David. I I love it when we kill giants. Whee! It was the time for war, so, mm-hmm. you know, that springtime war they had to do. Yeah. So. Like, I like to get out pink tablecloths and, um, you know, make Easter baskets. And then I get my sword and <laughs> my knife sharpener. And then we go off to war. Yeah. It's just a regular family thing. But, I mean, we got to be back in time for the egg hunt. Right. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. But springtime, always war. Always. Always. Okay. All right. Well, that was uh, First Chronicles chapter 20. Sure as fuck was. And tomorrow we're actually going to be back with... We are going to be back with um, a Q&A. Yeah. What, so it's, what is it exactly? 
Saturday Q&A. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Okay. And then on Sunday, we will be back with Sacrilegious Book Club. Where we'll be going over. Some um, Jewish fairy tales and legends. A book called A Treasury of Jewish Folklore. Okay. And then that night, you will... Um, put out the weekly replay, yep, that's and right. then on Monday we will be back with First Chronicles chapter twenty-one. All right, we'll see you guys then. Bye. Husband, wife. Do you know what today is? I do. What is it? It's a day. It's Q and A Saturday. That is correct. That's what it is. So, what are we queuing and aing today? We are going to talk about David, and we are going to talk about the Moabites. Oh, okay. And this is covering chapters uh, 11 through, no. No, 16 16 through through 20. 20. Man, I'm like a week behind, apparently. You are, right? All right. Um, So go ahead and get into this, I guess. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so we're going to talk about David. Before I get into Moab, yeah, I just want to make two little notes. Just okay? two? Just two. Okay. Little notes. First, um, I don't know that you recall this. I certainly didn't. But David was known as the sweet psalmist of Israel. Was he now? He was a that sweet is, psalmist. That is news to me. Yeah. Well, apparently it was mentioned in 2 Samuel chapter 23. Yeah. I'm sure it was. I'm sure. But. Whatever. I don't recall it. I don't either. So, yeah. He was known as the sweet psalmist because he wrote so many psalms. Yeah. And he especially wrote psalms to thank the Lord on the day the Ark of the Covenant was brought to Jerusalem. I mean, they were very in love with each other. Like, thank you, God. Yada, yada, yada. Oh, God loves you too. And blah, blah, blah. Apparently, some of his psalms appear in the book of Psalms. Oh. Right. Okay. So So he's like like an actual psalm author, huh? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that also um has to do with like why he was assigning specific important people the role of music because right, he it was, was very important to him. Yeah. Right. He was writing all that this makes, that makes some sense. Right? I yeah. I found that very okay. I'll I'll accept that. I, I, Sweet okay. psalmist. Sweet psalmist. Okay. That needs to be like a Precursor title whenever we mention mention them now. Mm-hmm, sweet mm-hmm. psalmist David. David, giant killer, sweet psalmist. I say we just leave the giant killer off because that wasn't really him. It wasn't him. So and there weren't giants. Right. There's, <laughs> there's always that. There's always that. Yeah. Okay. Nor were there talking donkeys. Right. Or talking snakes. Or unicorns. Right. Or dragons. I mean, there's none of the bullshit. No. Yeah. No. Okay, so the second point is um, we were like, why did God say no to David's offer of building him Right, yeah. It doesn't, house, I mean, like, right? who gives a shit, right? If he wants yeah. to build you a fucking temple, let him build you a fucking temple. Well, the truth of the matter is... The David, truth, huh? The truth. We're, gonna, we're talking about truth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. David was a man of war. Whoa. Even though it's God's fault he was war was, was it, though? I mean, whatever. It was springtime. That's why he was worried. Yeah, see? <laughs> um, and God wanted a man of peace to build his temple. Oh. That's why Solomon... So David wasn't quite good enough, huh? Correct. Hmm. Correct. Hmm. And Solomon was the one. His son Solomon got to build the temple. He was 
peaceful, I guess. Like he he had a lot of people visit him and he had bring all him these shit. Wives and he had and lots of wives. And he had a hot tub. And I mean, you really couldn't go warring if you wanted to have sex was, with all those wives. He so. was so wise. Remember, he was the I mean, wisest. He was the wisest ever in all the land. Yeah, ever. ever. On the planet. Forever and Forever. Ever. He's still the wisest. But God still doesn't like him at the end of the book. Right. So. Exactly. There's that. So even he wasn't really good enough. Right. Yeah. So there's those two points. Okay. Yeah. But now let's get on to David with regard to the Moabs. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So there's a question that I came across that I thought was so fucking interesting. Okay. Where is David's birth story? David's like, birth story? Like him being born, you know, like all of, and then we learn all about him. Well, they kind of just found him on a fucking farm. Right. But like Abraham is introduced with a whole genealogy. King Saul is introduced with a genealogy. Right. But other than naming his father as Jesse. Yeah. David's genealogy is completely missing from the book of Samuel. Interesting. And it that is a book with more than 40 chapters dedicated to David's fucking life. Huh. But they don't talk about him in childhood at all. Right, right. So the Bible tells us the names of the mothers of all kings in the Davidic dynasty but one. David. David's mother is not mentioned. Huh. At all. Wow. Right? That's crazy. Yeah. The Bible doesn't tell the story of David's birth, give his genealogy, or talk about his mother, perhaps because of a controversial element in his lineage. Okay. Which it refers to, which it prefers to avoid discussing. No, can the Bible be tainted with controversial lineage? Yes. No way. Do you not do you controversial know, lineage? Do you know what that controversial Tragic. lineage is? Based on what you introduced the chapter or this this conversation as, I'm guessing he was part Moabite. He was through his mother, um, um, no, his grandmother Ruth. Oh, that's right. I forgot his... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, wow. Okay. So he's like quarter Moabite. Yeah. No, he's an eighth Moabite. Eighth. I'm sorry. Yeah. I can never get those things straight. Yeah. He, um, David's... Specifically, the tradition found in the Book of Ruth of David's descent from a Moabite woman... Yeah. ...is simply one version of an ancient tradition connect connecting David's family with Moab, who are non-Israelites, of Right, course. right. So, um, there are two passing comments in the books of Samuel and Kings that imply that this tradition was already known to the authors of these works. So huh. they knew. They just didn't want they, to admit it. They on purpose left these bits out. So wait, I, I have to just go with this a little bit because this means hypothetically, if we go with this from the Christian perspective, right? Mm -hmm. So Israelites are the, are God's chosen people, right? Mm hmm and David is the beginning of the begin like it's where we start to like track the lineage of Christ when we get to the New Testament, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we're saying that the Son of God mm -hmm. is not purely from the chosen people. Correct. But yes and no, because let us not forget that the Moabites come from Lot. Right. Remember, Lot was the one who was humped by his two daughters. Sure. So. Well, but how far back do we take this? Because hypothetically, they according to the Bible, they all Adam. came from Adam and Eve, right? right? Right. We could go back as far as you want, but when we're actually talking about the beginning of what Israelites are and mm -hmm. the, the Israelite clans, this is not, they were not part of that group. Right. So, and, and that 
fails a test in my opinion. Oh no, like, I totally that, agree. That that fails something. Right. Like something's off there. I totally as agree. As far as what they want to portray anyway. That's why they don't mention it. They just neglect <laughs> right. to mention it. Right. So when David runs away from Saul, remember, he ran away when he was like well, yeah. Saul he was, was trying to kill him. Fucking spears at him. Yeah. So he flees to all these various different places, right? Including the Philistine city of Gath to become a mercenary soldier on their behalf. Right. Remember? Yeah. But when he wants to keep his parents safe, mm-hmm. he chooses to send them to Moab. And that's right. in First Samuel. Yeah. Why the fuck would he do that, right? Because well, he's part Moabite. He left them with the king of Moab. Not just the Moabites. Wow. The king of Moab, right? So this guy's got some ties even high up in the Moabites. That's interesting. So right? this is almost like he formed an alliance to get his power or something. Who knows? Somehow, maybe. Who knows? So his parents stayed with him all the time that David was in the Philistines. Or okay. was with the Philistines. Okay. Okay? Yep. So why would a simple shepherd from a Judite, a Judahite family hold such intimate connections with the king of Moab? Right. 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 right? Even more puzzling is... Why would the fucking king of Moab agree to protect David's family? Right. Like, why would he go to the king, and then why would the king say yes? Right. Like, both those are two separate questions. Yeah, that's a big ask. Like, you're right? asking a fucking king. Yeah. So, now... How did you even get was, into the king? Now, to be fair, David was killing his tens of thousands. He was. So, like, he was a powerful... You know, general. All right. So I will maybe give you that's how he got into the throne room. Sure. He he was like well known or whatever as a killer of thousands. Right. Okay? Right. So he could walk into the throne room and get an appointment with the king. Right. I will give you that much. Why would he ask this king of all people to protect his family? And why would the king be like, yeah, sure. No probs. Right. Right. Yeah. So the king of Moab's behavior would make more sense if we can assume that this account was part of a Davidic tradition, which assumed David's family ties to the Moabites, which is obviously what we've been getting at this whole time, right? So there are a lot of rabbis who seem to pick up on that thread and explain that David's great-grandmother Ruth was the daughter of Eglon, king of Moab, who was himself, according to those same rabbis, the grandson of Balak. Oh, wow. Right? Damn. Talk about some tie-ins, right? Now, that may not be true. Right. Because this is just a story that... But that's interesting because Balak was... Oh, wait. No, Balak was the... Okay. No, he was the one that summoned Balaam. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Sorry. I'm just trying to make sure I had my um, Your B people words, correct. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So he... Okay. Sorry. Right? Um, go ahead. Continue. So that's interesting, right? It is very interesting, yeah. So this may merely be an attempt to connect Ruth with the only named Moabite kings from the Bible before the time of Ruth. Sure. But it's just interesting that they do that nonetheless. Right, right. right. Regardless, it seems likely that the rabbis picked up on the actual problem, which is the inexplicable behavior of David and the king of Moab. Right. Right? Yep. Whatever, whatever they did... You know, they were like, there's a problem here and we need to make a fix. Yeah. And so they did. Right. And. I would, I would, well, I wonder, I wonder who's more offended by the fact that there's Moabite there. Right. Is it the, the, is it Judaism or is it Christianity? I wonder who that, who that, that offends more as far as their thinking of what the Bible holds and can, and, and attests to. I would think that, um, 
Judaism would be more offended than Christians. Because right. Because I don't think Christians trace shit back that fuck, far. Right. They don't give a fuck. Right. But Judaism does very much go from the fact that they are God's people, Israelites. Mm -hmm. And they these names and this history of this people very is very important to them. Right. Like the oral tradition of passing down all these stories and arguing over, like when I say argue, like a, a Jewish argument is not the same as like a argument argument where they're in discussion over interpreting all the laws and, right. you know, the Torah and all that. I do like, though, that the fact that I, I, I think I appreciate the people that are like rabbis more so than I do preachers oh and i priests. totally because totally. i feel like even if it hurts them some they will they will they'll study it they'll yes they'll answer the questions that may not be nice to them you know like yeah they, they're willing to dig into it and be like you know what they Maybe want the wrong. answers more than they want to be right right and right. i can appreciate that because that at is... least in the studying like that we've done yes. so far with this bible the oh yeah and we're totally generalizing yeah of course. no of course yeah, definitely but, I mean, the people that found this information were rabbis. Mm -hmm. So, like, the information you have here is from rabbis, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so that's just, that's very interesting to me because it, it seems like it would hurt their story worse. Yeah, but, so. yeah, so that's interesting. Um, so it may be, obviously, this is what we've been building to, that David was actually very closely related and acquainted, not just related, right. but and acquainted with the Moabite king. And if that is the case, it would definitely be something the author of the book of Samuel would not want readers to know. Right. Right. Okay? Yeah. So. Okay. That's why they left it out. Mm-hmm. Got mm -hmm. it. Okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's no other reason to leave that shit out. But it's funny, though. They tiptoe around it enough that it's still mm -hmm. able to be found out if you right. just think about if it. If you dig a little bit. Which, you know, on the surface, I didn't think about it. But I, I this is either. our first go through, you know, oh, like yeah, I've yeah. never. I don't. Again, we don't claim to be. You know, scholars, we are digging into things and we are interested in stuff like this. Sure. But on a first read through, I would have never picked up on that. Here's the thing. I am interested in the work of others. I am not interested in doing the work myself. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That's I am a, I mean, just interested enough to read what other people have put together. Honestly, with the Bible, that's way too much fucking lineage to dig through. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. That's, on the surface, the stories are fun sometimes and they're interesting and mm -hmm. they're somewhat historical and things like that right mm -hmm. but if you really want to dig into what the meat of the old testament is it's a very much based in lineage so. yeah yeah so david's war against moab and his harsh treatment of their army later yeah seems completely out of place considering that david's great-grandmother was a moabite right right Ruth, right, right? Yeah. so you know he went from my family please take care of them to now i'm gonna wipe you all out right right yeah so that but goes, was that some writer saying mm, that there's there's um some uh speculation okay that I will get to in a minute okay um anyway um you know considering that he was of Moabite descent and that he had entrusted his mother and father into the care of the Moabites um it may have been that the Moabites mistreated or even killed David's parents and oh. perhaps even his brothers. Oh. Like, after he became king. Okay. Right? All right. Like, that would make sense. Maybe they didn't do... Maybe David didn't do something that they wanted, so they were, like, using them as leverage. As hostages. Right. Right. And, I mean, that makes sense, too. Right. Like, you... We... We went with you out on this limb because you are family, but we can only go so far and... Well, and power is power. 
Yeah. Right? I yeah. mean, if I have a chance to use something as leverage against you, I'm going to. Sure. And sure. apparently that didn't work out for him. Or also maybe <laughs> maybe um, they helped put David on the throne, as you suggested earlier. Right, right. And then um, David, like, went back on some promises that he had made. And right. that made them kill his family. And so and that, that made David. Right. Like, clearly there was, like, something happened between the time that he brought his family there and was, like, seen by the king and made this ask. And the king agreed. And it was totally cool. And then his family's never mentioned again. Right. And the next time we hear about him, anything, David is like trying to wipe their shit out. Right. Right. So something happened. Yeah. And they love, that would be an interesting story to like, if, yeah. there were, if there is a story about it, that would be an interesting story. It would. It would. There's it probably did. not. I'm sure that's lost. Maybe it's in the book of the, you know, the Chronicles of the Kings, the Kings of the Chronicles, the Chronicle. Lurk I doubt book. it because that's an entirely different author and they would not have wanted to talk about David's relation yeah. to the Moabites. And you would have to address that. Right. In order to talk about what happened and why. Right. So there was also an element of fulfillment by David of earlier prophecy involved. In which Balaam, who had been summoned by Balak, an earlier king of Moab, yep. right, following Israel's um, exodus from Egypt for the purpose of cursing the Israelites, right. instead blessing them, right. right, and specifically indicated that a king of Israel would someday crush the forehead of Moab. Hmm. So, okay. and that happened. So, yeah, I got a, yeah. Um, but... I, I think we covered at some other point, though, that is this an actual, like, is the the fight with Moab, was that an actual historical account? Or was that something that was contrived? I don't know. It, okay. There is a point from which um, it's hard to tell where the line is between this person is actually, we're talking about a tribe, yeah. not a, a individual person, versus, okay, but now we are actually talking about, you know, a person. Right. So I don't know when well, it goes from person to tribe. No, that's not what I'm, that's not what I was oh, asking. Okay. I was asking, so like some of the battles are real historical events, right? right? Some of the battles that they talk about, like when we go into the Asimov book, sometimes they're like, mm -hmm. that never actually happened that we can figure out. Like there's right. no historical account of that actually happening. Right. Right. So some of it is like purposeful storytelling to, maybe complete mm. a prophecy, right? Got it. Okay. And I'm just curious saying. if that was a historical event or if it was just contrived. Mm, that I couldn't tell you. Okay. I don't know enough about either. Right, right. So. Well, and that's all right. I mean, you know, we don't know everything. So right. if somebody does know the answer, maybe we can, like, touch on it again at some other point. But I was just, something that crossed my mind is maybe that's a contrived fight that was done right. versus maybe... I'm curious if it was real or not. That's all. Right. So. Well, I had to, again, do a rabbit hole this week because there, this whole Chronicles thing is just the retelling of shit we already know. Right. So. Well, and this is how you know that our fucking shit is, like, off the cuff because I'm here sitting here asking a question that we didn't research the answer to. Right. So. Right. <laughs> Oh, well. But um, that that's all I have for today. That was the rabbit hole that I brought you. Yeah. And didn't really answer any questions, but certainly presented some interesting no, was, food for thought. I, I actually was very interested in this one. This was really good. Mm -hmm. um, I do want to mention one thing before we get off here, um, and that is in the beginning of our podcast for the next uh, few days, so going forward, there is going to be an announcement coming up. 
Um, we'd love for y'all to pay attention to that coming up here. Um, I'm not going to say what it is just yet because we don't have all the things put together. But at the beginning of every podcast between now and next uh, Thursday, mm -hmm. there will be an announcement of something coming up, which we would love for you all to participate in if you are able. Yep. So clear your schedules now for Thursday night, mm -hmm. and we will get an official announcement tomorrow as to what's going on. Yeah. All right. I think that's all we got for tonight, and we will be back tomorrow with... Um, sacrilegious <laughs> book club. It took you a minute. It did. It did. It You're always like, does. Wait, what are Wait, we doing? What's tomorrow? Okay. We'll also have the weekly replay tomorrow, and then we'll be back on Monday with First Chronicles chapter twenty-one. Awesome. We'll see you guys then. Worcestershire sauce. Husband. Wife. Do you know what today is? I do. What is today? It is. Sacrilegious Book Club. That's right. And what are we covering today? Today we are starting a new book. We're taking a break from that lecherous son of a bitch Asimov. Yeah. Um, and we will come back to that lecherous son of a bitch some other time. Right. Um, but for now, we are getting into a treasury of Jewish folklore. Fun. And I'm not going to be um, talking about any stories or anything today. I'm just going over... Um, the book itself and the introduction. That way it gives people a chance to purchase it if they want to follow along. Perfect. All right. And I think uh, I'm actually going to start doing something special with this um, after we get about three episodes in. I'm um, I'm kind of starting to break our podcast into separate podcasts. Mm. So I'm going to create... It'll still be on our main feed. But if mm -hmm. you want to follow just this, I will be creating a Jewish folklore you know, feed for us at some point for this book series. Probably the Asimov one as well. I see. Um, but it's, it's it's a something in the works. So got it. Yeah. Sounds right. good. Um, so are we ready to get into this or did you have anything else to cover in the intro here? That was it. All right, let's do this. Okie dokie. <laughs> Okay, so as I said, we're getting into a treasury of Jewish folklore. Uh huh. And um, if you turn inside, it actually has a subtitle Stories, Traditions, Legends, Humor, Wisdom, and Folk Songs of the Jewish People. Okay. It's edited by Nathan Ozubel. I'm probably mispronouncing that. Sure. Apologies I mean, to everyone. It tracks with our podcast. You right, know. right. <laughs> um, before I go any further, I wanted to say something about the cover art because okay. it's kind of an amazing piece. It's it's very odd if you're not like into I don't know. It's just it's an odd cover, but it's perfectly fitting. Um what we have on the front is um a piece of art by um Mark Chagall and the piece is called uh, the Jew and the Torah. And it's got a guy and he's holding on to something. It kind of looks like a baby, but it is the sure, Torah. Right. There's also a goat, which I looked up this guy's art and goats appear in a lot of his art because um, it's symbolic of what it gets sacrificed for sins. Right, right. And he also has a what looks like a grandfather clock. And he has clocks in a lot of his art, too. Gotcha. Um, now, you might be asking, like, why are you 
spending time on the art. Um, I just, I had a feeling that it was important. So I'm going to talk about the artist a little bit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so again, it's Mark Chagall. He was a Jewish French artist born in 1887. And he's been described as the quintessential Jewish artist of the 20th century. Huh. The last survivor of the first generation of European modernists. And he is respected as the world's preeminent Jewish artist. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it is pretty cool art. I it is. Say. It's like, really interesting. Like, I would love to have a piece like this on my wall because right. there's so much going on in it. Like, you could just keep looking at it. We need, like, a sacrilegious discourse room. We really do. So that we can, like, litter it with things like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just really, cool, really cool, like, quote-unquote like, stuff. You know, like, you know, things our fans send us and things like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, just cool yeah. shit, you know? Cool shit. Yeah. So, um, using the medium of stained glass, he has produced window. Well, he's dead now. Right. He produced windows for several famous cathedrals throughout Europe and Russia. Okay. The UN. Wow. The Art Institute of Chicago. Damn. The Jerusalem windows in Israel. Hmm. He also did large-scale paintings, including part of the ceiling of the Paris Opera. Wow. Yeah. His painting, The Green Violinist, was the inspiration for the title of the musical and movie Fiddler on the Roof. Damn. Right? This guy's, this guy's got a nice little resume here. Yeah. Okay, this one gave me the, the most goosebumps. Okay. Pablo Picasso said of him in the 1950s, when Matisse dies, Chagall will be the only painter left who understands what color really is. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's high praise. Yeah. Interestingly enough, Chagall's left hand had seven fingers, and the number seven is very meaningful to him, hmm. as he was born on the seventh day of the seventh month in 1987. Not 1987. I'm sorry, 1887. <laughs> sorry. And he died in 1985. So, gotcha. I mean, he is, like, I was 10 when he died. Right, right. He was in my lifetime. No, that's very cool. Yeah. And... I don't know, it just, I read over that and I was like, holy shit, I'm really glad that I took the time to look into that because yeah. I don't know art, I don't know artists' names, and I feel better, I, I feel like a better person for having looked into that, and, and now I know. Yeah, no, it's a really, like, it's a very interesting cover. Yeah. I mean, I, I like it a lot. Yeah. Well, so, now you know. Now we know a lot more about it. Yeah. So, I'm going to read some stuff from the inside um, cover jacket, which I love to do. You oh, I hate know. it. I... <laughs> okay, you guys, I should say, like, this is literally how I do books, okay? It literally is. Like, when I buy a book or when I'm looking at a book to decide if I want to buy it, oh. I look at the title, I look at who wrote it, I look at the cover art, I look at the back cover, I look at the inside dust jacket. To me, it is so painful to watch and listen yeah. to. Yeah, it... But that's just me. That's I know, me. I know, I know. Um, When we go into a bookstore, like, literally, it'll take me an hour to go down oh, one aisle. I ditch you. And he's already been around the store, like, three times over. And he's, like, walking up to me several times going, look, babe, look at this. Hey, babe, look at this. Ooh, look at what I found. And I'm like, stop bothering me. Yeah, I'm... you've been perusing one book the entire time. Yes, because yeah. I'm, this is, I don't know, books are my thing. And, like, I just, I, I'm very serious about it. 
and the whole process is very meaningful to me. Sure. So if this is boring for you, like I'm not offended. I'm sure it's we've mentioned for- this before, but we met at a bookstore. We we both we worked, worked in a bookstore. We worked at Borders. Yeah. And that's how we met. Right. So husband is not anti-book. He loves books too. Oh, yes, very much. We're just on different it's levels. It's different levels of loving books. Yes. Because uh, wife definitely wins the contest of loving books. It's not a contest. No, I'm just... I'm, I'm giving you the win there. Just take it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just putting it out there before I go on because I I want everybody to know like this is a process for me. This is how I do. And it's not for everyone. It's not for a lot of people. And I totally won't be offended if I get feedback saying, "My god, stop. You can't do books <laughs> that way." Like I'm going to keep doing books that way. And either it's it's a thing. It's a thing. She just has to. I have to. Yeah. Okay. So inside the cover, um, plus going over this gives you guys another week to pick right. up the book. So right. you know, no harm, no foul, whatever. Yeah. Okay. So um, inside the cover we have um, let's see, what does he say? Um, you know what? Hold on a second. You didn't take as good a notes as you thought. No, I study and. Pasted something. Study and pasted I, something. No, copy and pasted something. And I'm like, what <laughs> did you just do? I don't know what I did. Hmm. Okay, so um, give me a second here. I'm giving you a second. Interpreting writing. Hold on, please. Okay, so um, something got moved around in my notes. And yeah, it's, it's no, disturbing I, I me. I, gotcha, I, I apologize. Gotcha. Um, so he he does comment. This book is full of commentative and interpretive writings. Okay. Um, that hold a place in the Jewish religious tradition, second only to the Bible. These pieces that he's gathered here come from um, the Talmud. They come from the Midrash. And I will get into what those are momentarily because I was like, yeah. what the fuck are those? Okay. okay? The um, Hebrew term Talmud commonly refers to a compilation of ancient teachings regarded as sacred and normative by Jews. From the time it was compiled until modern times, and still so regarded by traditional religious Jews. Okay. So it's. I mean, still, I've heard of the Talmud before. I no. I had heard of it. I just I didn't even really know what it was and how it fits in. Right. Right. So we're gonna talk a little bit more about that later too. Okay. okay? Yep. But this is just from the inside front cover. Okay. Yep. In its broadest sense, the Talmud is a set of books consisting of the Mishnah, which means repeated study, the Gemara which means completion and certain auxiliary materials. Okay. So, and again, I will go over all what all that means. Got okay. It. Yeah. The Midrash reimagines dominant narrative readings while crafting new ones to stand alongside, not replace former readings. Midrash also asks questions of the texts. Sometimes it provides answers. Sometimes it leaves the reader to answer those questions. Okay. Okay. So they're just well, and that's I, that's one thing we commented on the other day is that I we I feel that um, Judaism, is, as far as religions go that I am aware of, mm-hmm. is a very inquisitive religion. It is, so. it is, and that actually leads nicely into the very next um, part that I'm going to read here. Um, okay, I'm quoting from from the uh, editor here. Okay, mm-hmm. um, again, his n- name is Nathan Osubel. The excitement and variety of these tales make them a delight for reading aloud to children or silently to yourself. The major figures of Jewish history are all here 
ranging from the Maccabees to the heroes of the Warsaw Ghetto. Mm. So we've got a whole Which bunch we're not going to cover much of the Warsaw Ghetto stuff. But. No, no. Um, I'm only going to go over stuff that is like biblical times. Right. But it um, does go all the way up into World War II. It, it really does. And it, it's interesting. I'm not uninterested. It's just not pertinent to the scope of what we are looking for. Right. And I don't think we're going to like read this cover to cover exactly. Mm -mm. We're just going to mm -mm. kind of go through it. and I'm just pulling out pieces pulling that out I will. Pulling out pieces. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The wisdom of the Jewish people's spiritual leaders is contained in poignant tales and sayings. Okay. And that's what a lot of these... Um, additional pieces of writing are like the Midrash and sure. stuff. But yeah. again, I'm going to get into that in a minute. Okay. These stories are part of a long and continuous storytelling tradition spanning several thousand years. So most of these tales are things that have been passed down right. over generations. Yeah. Jewish folklore is richly varied and colored with the imprint of the many diverse cultures that Jews have assimilated everywhere through the centuries. Despite the wide dispersion of the Jewish people, these folk tales remain distinct and unified. Which, um, when I get into the introduction, which I have not actually reached yet, we're still talking about the inside <laughs> flap. Okay, right, right. Um, he does go into that a little bit more. Gotcha. Most of the old legends contained in this book originated in the Agada of the Talmud and the Midrash, which. Again, means is, nothing to me at the moment. It's it's very just, little to me. Anyway. For now, just know it's supplemental material. Okay. Okay. Yeah. A treasury of Jewish folklore is a classic volume that continues to delight readers of all ages. <laughs> okay. So when that that was the inside front cover and back cover. Got it. I love okay? how you I love how you read the sales pitch. I did. Yeah, I did. That was great. Um, I mean, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> okay. So when you open the book, the first thing you come to is this massive table of contents. And I was intimidated by it first because it's broken down and then it's broken further down and then it's broken down a third time. And I was like, right. Jesus Christ, what the fuck am I getting into here? <laughs> but here are, there are six main sections. Okay? okay. Yeah. The first one is Jewish salt, which I will explain in Jewish a minute. Jewish salt. Yeah. It's, okay. a, it's a thing. All right. Okay. The second one is heroes. The third one is the human comedy. The fourth one is Tales and Legends, number five, Proverbs and Riddles, and number six, Songs and Dances. We're not going to do we're anything not, no from that section. Dances, yeah. yeah. Okay, so now we're getting into the introduction. We only do those if we have to. Yeah, yeah. And I say no to this one. Right, right. Okay, so now we're getting into the intro. So this is what Nathan Ozubel has written himself. Okay. Okay. Like other children brought up in an Orthodox Jewish environment, I was immersed in Jewish song and story as soon as I became aware of the world around me. Years later, I discovered that the lore of my people had entered into my bloodstream, as it were, and be had become a part of the cultural reality of my life. Who has not had this experience? Which I thought was like a beautiful way to, to open because it made me think like, I grew up hearing stories, you know, that my parents taught me. And, sure. You know, the little songs like just this morning or just last night, Abby and I were both um, singing um, the song about the bumblebee. Yeah. And, um, you know, I had learned that when I was a kid. Right. So it's just, you know, you learn things and then you pass them on to your kids. Yeah. 
So melodies sung in childhood have a tendency to linger persistently in and they're sorry. I can't read because I'm so excited (laughs) to linger persistently in the subconscious and the stories and sayings we heard time and again from the lips of our parents are never really erased from our memory. Right. That's true. Yeah. We all have different cultural memories. Sure. And because I didn't grow up in Ohio, but you did. Um you and I sometimes are like, what the fuck are you singing? Like, I've never heard of that before. And vice versa, like, I'll be singing something and you'll be like, what is that? And I right. just, you know, you grow up thinking, what? Everybody's heard this. Yeah. So I, I just thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. He continues, while my main purpose in compiling this anthology was to present the spontaneous folk creation of the Jewish people. I was also motivated by the desire to recapture the fading memory of the wonder and the beauty that had inspirited my childhood in the old world. And so I began to gather all the myths and parables, stories and legends, the songs and the wise sayings upon which I and millions of other Jewish children throughout the many centuries had been nurtured. Okay. Then he goes on a bit. He talks about all the material coming together that creates a familiar picture of someone as he's like pulling all this material together. Yeah. It like seems like someone that he recognizes. Okay. And he goes, before long, I knew with certainty whose portrait it was. It was the composite portrait of the Jewish people. It basically, everything that he was creating was like the quintessential Jew. Right. And it amazed him that that was true because he was gathering these from Jewish people from all over the world and all different backgrounds. Right. right. So he was very surprised about that. Yeah. How could there have emerged such a remarkable unity from all this variegated mass of folk materials? For one thing, Jewish historic experience has been disturbingly similar in so many ways in every age and in almost every land of the diaspora. Okay, so yeah, um, that I just thought that was cool. Like he's putting all this together and doesn't really know what he's building until he's built it. Right, right. Jews became an intellectual people not because of any innate mental superiority over other peoples, but because of their peculiar nature of their history. In large measure, this tradition was derived from the religious obligation of every Jew to study scripture ceaselessly, for it must always be kept in mind that Judaism was cradled in a theocracy, a priest state. Studying was not only unprecedented in its mass scope in the intellectual history of mankind, but within its limited religious framework, it represented the most democratic philosophy of education in antiquity. Hmm. That's, that's interesting. Right. And actually lends a lot of credibility to what we said about mm-hmm. how they're very inquisitive about yes. their own religion and everything. Mm-hmm. So, And that is exactly correct. Right. Like, right. That is true. Yeah. So what we had suspected and what we had had thought just based on what we gleaned from our limited experience of the Jewish culture. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. This universal study, or I'm sorry, this universal duty to study as a religious act brought into the base of Jewish culture 
and in consequence elevated it. So he's like, we're not smart because we're smart. We're smart because we read a lot and we right. ask questions and that makes us smart. And then we are smart. I mean, duh. Right? <laughs> like, I just, I, I love that. I mean, I, 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 I have the, the only point of contention I would have is the material that they're, that you're, they're reading. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only point of contention I have here. Right. But right. other than that, yes, I would agree with that sentiment. Yeah. Okay. He continues, despite the tragedy of their historic experiences, Jews have always been life-affirming, or they could not possibly have survived the ordeals they had to go through as a people. Yeah, God put them through some shit. Yeah, it is. <laughs> In fact, if anything, their troubles made indestructible optimism of them. Mm. Isn't that something? Yeah. It's weird, right? Yeah. Like, it's backwards to what you would expect. Right. Their laughter had to be an affirmative and defiant answer to the world's cruelties. A mellowing agent which helps draw the sting of grief from tragedy. This mellowing humor may very well be called Jewish salt. And that's the first section um, of the book. And so I was like, what the fuck is that? Well, Jewish salt um, is based on a phrase called attic salt. And I was like, that's nice. What the fuck is attic salt? Um, It's a poignant and delicate wit. A dry, shrewd, or pointed, or cutting, or subtle humor. Got it. So, it just means, like, a smart sense of humor. Like, sarcastic, sure. dry, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In classical times, salt was a frequent metaphor for the word wit. Gotcha. So, that's where it okay. comes from. All right. Okay. So, that's why the first section of the book is um, Jewish salt. Got it. Okay. Got it. Which I'm so glad he explained because I was, like, not understanding at all what that was about. And I had started reading some of them, and I was like, there's no salt. I don't understand. (laughs) What is this? Right. Okay, he continues, many Jewish legends and folk tales are suffused with a deep sadness. But somehow the sadness rarely degenerates into despair or even self-pity. Almost always it bears within it the saving grace of catharsis, of the ennoblement of grief in the steadfast spirit, of moral triumph in the righteous even in defeat. So it just is saying yeah. more about their positivity, and, sure. but also their their longing for justice. Right. Like not justice like vengeance, justice like a just world, a world where there is justice. Right, right. So um, he goes on to say the years of labor which have gone into the preparation of this work will be more than rewarded if it will reveal to the Jewish reader the existence of the little known cultural treasures of his people and in consequence will fill him with the sense of human dignity and worth that is his birthright to the Gentile reader, which that would be us. us. Yeah. Or Gentile. Yes, we are Gentiles, um, and our followers, the majority of them will be as well. Right. Jewish folk. So to the Gentile reader, Jewish folklore addresses itself with its myriad implications because it is but a colorful part of the kaleidoscope of universal culture. While it may plain, while it makes plain the common humanity of all races and nations, and thus draw them closer in the bonds of brotherhood and understanding. Wow. Right? That's such a great sentiment. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought 
That's no, so nice. That was, yeah, right? that was nice. Okay, so the Pentateuch, this is where I started taking notes because I was like, okay, can you just explain what that fucking Midrash thing was for a second right. and what the Talmud and all this shit, okay? Yeah. So um, the Pentateuch is the law, right? The Pentateuch is the first five books. That's all it means. Sure. And those five books are the Torah, oh. Torah and um, the law. Okay. okay, all right. So it's not that Pentateuch means law. It's that Pentateuch means five books. Those five books are Torah, the law. Okay. The scribes who succeeded Ezra added the Mishnah, a second body of law. So that's called second law. Okay. Okay. That's what the Mishnah is. Okay. The Gomorrah, which means doctrine, or as it's normally called, the Talmud. Okay. Which means explanation was added as a commentary and interpretation. Interesting. Okay? Yeah. So these have been passed down. Like, they were gathered for centuries and added to and edited and redacted and Much all like of that. the Bible, Much like the Bible itself. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But it's supplemental material. Right, right, right. Okay? Now, there were two Talmuds, which I found very interesting. Because hmm. I barely knew about the one, much <laughs> right. less two. right. There was the Babylonian Talmud, which would be the more important one because it came earlier and gathered more. But the one that was the last one um, with a final redaction was the Jerusalem Talmud. And that's the one that we use today, even though it's incomplete. It's missing 24 treatises. Wow. Yeah. And it's believed that those have just been lost to time. Got it. Got yeah. It. So, okay. Both contain two parts. Both of the the Talmuds. Right. Okay. Contain two parts. The Halacha, which is judicial interpretation of the law, and Agata, which is ethical and poetical interpretation of the law via storytelling. Okay. Okay. So that's the Agata. Sure. Of the, mid, of the Talmud. That's that's interesting because they're they're actually kind of uh, saying that laws are not strict. They're ethic. Like you need to take more into account. Well, they're saying that here is the law, and here over here is a book um, that that explains it, and over here is a book where we talk about it, and over here is a book where we tell stories and parables. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. It's it's just all different ways of interpreting and explaining and questioning the law. Sure, sure. Okay? So the law is Torah. Second law is Mishnah. Explanation is Talmud, sometimes called Gomorrah. And commentary is the Midrash, Got which it. It contains art and more commentary. Okay. Okay? Now, most of the stories and stuff that he has collected yeah. will come from the Agata. That's the ethical and poetical interpretation. Okay. So that would be the parables, the folk tales, the lore, the legends. Got it. That stuff. Got it. So we will be mostly reading from the Agata. Okay. So interesting. That is what I bring to the table today. All right. And now you have another week to get the book. I again ordered these off of um, what is it called? Thrift book. Thrift books. Thrift books. And um, they arrived in less than a week. And I had ordered two other ones along with this one. We need to talk to them about sponsoring us. 
We really do. I just <laughs> I I love them. They're fast. They um if they don't have the book, they put you on an email list. They'll contact you when they right. get it. Um, their prices are phenomenal. Their shipping is. Um, if you spend thirty five dollars or more, I think you get free shipping. My God, you're doing an ad. I uh, <laughs> I look. I love them, and I will go out of my way to support companies that I love. Right. So. Right. Yep. Whatever. Yeah. I'm just no, saying. That's, that's fine. That's fine. All right. So that is once more a treasury of Jewish folklore edited by Nathan. Ausubel, A-U-S-U-B-E-L. All right. And I hope you all pick it up and read along with us. And I will tell you ahead of time what we will be covering, which next Saturday, Sunday. Sunday. Next yeah. Sunday will be, um, we will pull some stories from that first section, Jewish Salt. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you for joining us, everybody. And we will be back. Well, we got our weekly roundup today. Mm-hmm. Our weekly re- replay today. Yes. And then tomorrow we're going to be back with First Chronicles chapter 21. Yes, that is yes. correct. Sorry, yes. I had to think about it for a second. I know you were like shaking your head and I was like, then I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you then. Bye. Hey, wife, I guess that's the end. But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh, yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.